Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Space Junk Podcast News. I'm Tony Darnell. In this episode, lots of stuff going on. Turns out JWST is delayed again. This time, it's not its fault. Also, NASA's sending two different missions to the planet Venus, and multi-hundred billionaire space guy Jeff Bezos has decided that he's going into space next month. Okay, now, I don't want to say that I told you so, but I never, ever thought that the James Webb Space Telescope was ever going to launch on October 31st of this year. I, I, If you've been around this mission as long as I have and been listening to the news and talk to the people as much as I have, then you just know that this thing has an excellent possibility of never getting up into space. But it might just happen, but it won't be happening this Halloween. No surprise there. NASA just announced that the JWST launch is probably going to be delayed until no sooner than November of 2021. That's about a month or six weeks later than they thought. Personally, my money is still on March of 2022. I don't know why I think that. I just think it's going to be March of 2022. But anyway, it's not NASA's fault. It's not even Northrop Grumman's fault, which has been amazing because almost everything is their fault. Nope, this time it is Ariane Space and ESA. Uh, it's the rocket. Turns out the Ariane 5 rocket has some weirdness in it that is got to be worked out before they will be able to launch JWST. The problem is that in recent launches, they have noticed that when they open up the fairing, this is the part that covers up the payload area, the satellite itself, when they open it up in orbit to let the satellite out, there is an unexplained acceleration of, or I should say unexpected acceleration of the spacecraft as it's being deployed. And this is coming from a release of, or a pressure gradient that builds up in the fairing as the launch progresses. So to alleviate this unexpected or at least unwanted acceleration, uh, East Ariane Space has come up with a fix for the problem to put louvers in the fairing itself to keep the pressure from building up or becoming too different from the outside environment, and hopefully that's going to fix it. They're going to test this with two launches prior to the one that JWST is going to be going on, uh, one in August and another one a few weeks later uh, for satellites that have already been scheduled to use the Ariane 5 rocket. And if they do not see that acceleration in those, those satellites, they will consider it fixed. If they do see them, then we can expect more delays from the James Webb Space Telescope because NASA, which I guess I understand, operates from an abundance of caution with this mission. They won't do anything unless they are way, way, way certain it's going to happen. So if there's any if there's any pressure differential building up in the launches leading up to the JWST launch, you could be sure they're going to delay it even further. I guess I don't blame them so much. I mean... You know, this right at this point, we've got such a sunk cost into this that we have to be super careful. So, um, while I don't know enough about how great the pressure differential in the acceleration is uh, with the telescope, the nine billion dollar telescope, you don't want to take any chances. So, guys, we have to wait. Look forward to a November launch. So far, according to NASA, but don't be surprised if it gets delayed another time. Okay, so next I want to talk about a couple of missions that NASA has decided they're going to do for Venus. Now, 
Now, NASA has this thing called a discovery program, and it gives scientists a chance to dig deep into their imaginations and find new ways to unlock the mysteries of our solar system. These are lower-cost missions that NASA can fund um, to very, for very specific purposes, uh, such as going to the planet Venus. And so two discovery class missions have been chosen just recently. They're each $500 million. That's about the price range of a Discovery class uh, mission. And they're going to go to Venus again because we haven't been to Venus in a really, really, really long time. So they're going to build two missions, one of them called Da Vinci Plus, which stands for Deep Atmosphere Venus Investigation of Noble Gases, Chemistry, and Imaging. So you tell me about the, that if that's a good acronym or not. I don't want to know what the plus is. But Da Vinci Plus will measure the composition of Venus's atmosphere to understand how it formed and evolved, as well as measure whether the planet ever had an ocean, which would be cool. The mission consists of a descent sphere that will plunge through the planet's thick atmosphere, making precise measurements of noble gases and other elements to understand why Venus's atmosphere is a runaway hothouse compared to Earth's. And the second mission they're going to send to Venus is called Veritas, which stands for Venus Emissivity Radio Science Insar Topography and Spectroscopy. Now, if you don't understand that, that's fine, because the I in, Veritar, in Veritas is INSAR, I-N-S-A-R, which is another acronym. So we've got recursive acronyms going on here. I love it when they do that. That's hard to do. But Veritas will map Venus's surface to determine the planet's geologic history and understand why it developed so differently than Earth. Orbiting Venus with a synthetic aperture radar, which is something we've done in the past, but now we're going to do a more high resolution, Veritas will chart surface elevations over nearly the entire planet to create 3D reconstructions of the topography and confirm whether processes such as plate tectonics and volcanism are still active on Venus. So that'll be cool. I, for one, am very excited about these two missions. I think going to Venus is something that's been long overdue. Some people have even suggested, some planetary scientists who know a lot more about this than I do, suggest that it's possible that we could actually go to Venus and kind of live, but we do it way up in the atmosphere of Venus where things are more or less like Earth in terms of temperature and water vapor and things like that. So if we can sit on top of the very thick clouds of Venus, we might be able to have a presence there, which I think is very cool. Otherwise, going down to the surface is pretty much out of the question because of the <laughs> very intense uh, atmospheric pressure, sulfuric acid rain, all that stuff that I think is pretty obvious why we wouldn't want to spend too much time there. So uh, those I want to let you guys know about those two really cool missions. And... Finally, did you know? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do know and you don't care. I'm finding it hard to care, but I'm going to tell you about this anyway. Jeff Bezos, one of two, actually one of three space billionaires, people who have so much money that really finding ways to spend it is actually a problem. Jeff Bezos is going to go into space on one of his own rockets. He's going to put his money where his mouth is. Turns out, Two weeks after he stops being the CEO of Amazon, <laughs> which I suppose is probably the, 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 the correct timing, he and his brother are going to sit in his New Shepard uh, rocket capsule and launch himself into high Earth atmosphere slash low Earth orbit. He won't actually go into orbit because New Shepard isn't, isn't uh, doing any orbital flights yet. 
But the capsule can hold up to six people, and he and his brother are going to be among two in there uh, on July 20th. And so he will go up, and so here's what's going to happen. He's going to go up into the rocket. The, the, the New Shepard rocket and the booster will take off vertically, and then it will the, the capsule will separate at about 250,000 feet, and it will continue going upward to about 350,000 feet. And then the booster will fall and land about two miles from the launch pad vertically, as it, you know, like it's been doing in the tests. And then the capsule itself will parachute safely back to the desert floor. And hopefully, this is, by the way, this, this is about 62 miles he will have gone up into space. So he'll be able to see the curvature of the Earth and all of that kind of stuff from up there. But he won't actually go into orbit. So that's happening. Go Jeff Bezos, I guess. At least, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get this feeling when when I look at Elon Musk, right? He's like, he's like developing SpaceX and going to Mars. <laughs> I get this feeling like he sits in the boardroom going, "Yep, I'm right behind you guys every step of the way," and he pats him on the back. But he himself has no intention of going up into any of those rockets anytime soon. But Jeff Bezos, at least, the space billionaire adventurer now. It's going to do it. But not to be outdone, Richard Branson, the other space billionaire for Virgin Orbit, is uh, going to try and beat him up there for some kind of multi-billionaire bragging rights. I guess it's a very small club, so they have to amuse themselves somehow, I guess. Anyway, that's it for this episode, folks. On behalf of Dustin Gibson, I'm Tony Darnell. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, keep looking up. <laughs>